number two of the Bill Michaels Show. Incidentally, the last hour of the program today is going to be carried by uh, Zach Heilprin and Ben Kenny. Kind of the Kenny and Heilprin Show. I like it. I like it. Going to duck out a little early. I got to get down to Chicago. I got some stuff I got to do tonight. We all know uh, with the uh, Gridiron Greats Hall of Fame induction uh, banquet and uh, that all gets underway a little early, so I got to get a jump start on it to get down and get through uh, Chicago traffic. So there you go. Hey, this portion of the program brought to you by our friends at the Milwaukee Admirals. They are uh, speaking of Chicago, taking on the Wolves, trying to get themselves deeper into the Calder Cup championship. And uh, they are continuing on in the playoffs. Second round of the playoffs, taking on the Wolves. For home tickets at UW Panther Arena, go to MilwaukeeAdmirals.com. That is MilwaukeeAdmirals.com. Go see some Admirals action. Love it. Love it. Good stuff. Uh, let's do this. Let's bring in our good buddy, uh, Kevin Holden. CBS 58, now joining us uh, on the hotline. Kevin, how you doing, buddy? Bill, man, it's it's Friday. It's all good. I'm I'm a I'm a happy guy today. We uh we're we're finally starting to see good you know good weather, good baseball. Like I can I can deal with this, man. The with the with the Brewers, let's let's first of all talk about the hitting. And I want to ask you this because I get this all the time. At what point do you feel they're going to go get a stick? Now I continue to say, and I'll just give you my perspective, and then you tell me. I think they're going to ride this out uh, probably until just about the all-star break and then maybe start looking after the fact because, first of all, you're 10 games over 500. You've got a cushion. Secondly, your pitching has been, for the most part, pretty solid. And thirdly, you've been a little bit nicked up and you've had to use different lineups, so you're trying to still wait for those guys to kind of catch fire, if you will, and then see what you got once everybody's back and healthy. Give me your thought. Yeah, I think you've got uh, really good points there across the board, and I would add this one as well, that that I, I think the Brewers want to make sure, and I think it's a certainty, but they want to make sure that they're going to be buyers, basically that uh, nothing crazy happens that knocks them from the standings, that puts them in a bad position. They, you know, they Basically, they want to make sure they're in a spot where they're a good team that can make themselves better for a postseason run this year. I mean, we've seen the bottom three-fifths of the National League Central. So what, what I'm saying is it, it's as much a foregone conclusion this year as it's been any through almost 40 games that the Brewers will be contenders, that they will be buyers, but they want to make sure that's the case. But, yeah, if that's all there, then uh, then, then I think that at some point David Stearns is going to make a, a run somewhere at some kind of bat. And third base is the spot that jumps out to me uh, as a place where the Brewers could uh, – you know, improve pretty quickly where they could make themselves better pretty quickly. I would have said first, I like what Rowdy Telez has done, though. Uh, and I think at this point they're content, you know, to have Rowdy at first base. So if it's anybody, it's probably a third baseman. Uh, well, that was going to be my next question. If so, what position? So do you like Urias at third base? I like him. I think I like Urias better if he's a second, you know, a second base short third, sort of a, uh, a super utility guy that can step in for guys like the first, you know, the first idea uh, off the bench to step in at multiple different positions. He's got a good bat. And if he was the starting third baseman for the year, I think he puts up pretty good numbers. But I, I think if you're, uh, you know, a team that wants to really jump it, that really wants to, to, to put some extra oomph in that lineup and put some uh, extra run producing ability in that lineup, that's still probably the best upgrade that you have because, I don't think they want to mess with what they have up the middle. And uh, and the outfield situation, to me, looks pretty good. I mean, that's, you know, Hunter Renfro's done what he's needed to do. We know that uh, that Lorenzo Cain is, 
at that end phase in his career. So that's a spot. But the Brewers have more than three outfielders for those roles. So I don't know. Third third base just seems like that's that spot, the easiest uh, upgrade and the easiest chance to move Arias into another role where he could do something good for the team. Uh, well, give me give me your thoughts on the pitching thus far because uh, recently we've seen a couple of up and down performances where this staff was rolling for a while and then every now and then they've hit that clunker where they they give up four five six seven runs and then they find this team scrambling and otherwise I, I think you get some of these little bit better outings two or three additional wins I mean you're almost running away with the division at this point yeah I mean that's it's still look man you you and I spent a lot of years covering a lot of bad starting pitching in Milwaukee like a lot like there's a there's a long line man there's there's a, there's a whole road full of Braden loopers right and and uh it's it's incredible that uh, that the Brewers have this position where their their starting pitching is good as it is and it's deep as it is and there are a couple of arms in waiting that I think are going to be really good Aaron Ashby has has a bright future with this team on top of it so it's uh, it, it would it's almost a default if you would have gone to this calendar date in any year in the last dozen years or more we would have said well you know another another good three pitcher or another good you know front end starter that bumps everybody down a spot but this is one time when that doesn't seem to be the case when they uh, you know from a pitching standpoint staff wise full staff the, the, the you know starting rotation guys that set it up the closer everybody they seem to me to be as good and as deep as pretty much anybody in the National League that's not in L.A. and have, like, you know, a $3 billion payroll. Like, you take them out of the mix, the Brewers are as good as anybody. The uh, Keston Hero walk-off home run, he comes up, he was sick, he wasn't feeling good, said he was on his deathbed the night before. How big of a boo? I mean, I I know you're only as good as your next day starter, and you're only as good as the next starter you're facing, and I understand all of that. But uh, to me, do we circle this and say, okay, if he starts to really take off offensively, do you go back to that at bat, that walk off home run? Man, absolutely. That it's as a as a major league hitter, <clears throat> I think one of the things that you need the most when you're talking about success, day to day, week week, month to month. You've got to be able to build a, kind of a base. I mean, we've seen this with, with Christian Yelich. You had to start over from zero after his injury. He had to develop, you know, a, it took a lot of at-bats, but he developed this this base-level confidence and worked off of it. He was able to, you know, has been able to hit the ball hard to various fields, spray the ball, hits the ball well to left. In, in Hira's case, just the last few years and all the things that have gone on with him, you know, demotions to the minor leagues. It, it started with him trying to learn first base, and it all just sort of unraveled on him. And this was that moment where, if you know, if you'd said to him 24 hours before that this was going to happen, he'd call you crazy. He was in the minor leagues. He was feeling sick. You know, like, this is – you can see him just lying there going, man, this is two years of my life it's felt like this. And, and then the next night, he hits a – rocket shot to center field just that that's no accident that's a guy that that saw that ball well and hit that ball really really well and i hope that there are chances for him to continue to capitalize in other words if he's going to get that base level of confidence he's going to need it back and the dh position helps but i think craig council has got to make a concerted effort to see if this is the keston hero of old if it is that solves another spot and gives the brewers another huge bat 
Talking with uh, Kevin Holden from CBS 58, talking some Brewers baseball. Are we quietly missing a story in Hunter Renfro? Nine home runs, a slugging percentage of 508, a batting average that's not spectacular, but he's sitting at 250 and on base percentage just under 300. Are we missing the story that Hunter Renfro has been a really solid addition to this team? Uh, I'm not missing it on my fantasy team. I went and grabbed it, man. (laughs) (laughs) There was a point, it's probably three or four weeks ago, where I'm watching him, and, and the thing about Hunter Renfro is he has hit everywhere he's been. He hit in San Diego, which is a difficult place for hitters anyway. He hit in Boston, uh, and, and here he is and, in Milwaukee. And, and I'm watching him, and I'm like, yeah, this is legit. This is not somebody who you know uh, might end up being a good hitter with time and with this and with that. He's a good hitter. He's, he's a, a big bopper, middle-of-the-order kind of guy. He's going to help you out a lot. He had the... In that, in that win uh, a couple of days ago, you know, he had a double in that one. That's his seventh double of the season. Scored a run, drove in a run, took a walk. Like, this is, you know, this is the kind of guy that you can just plug in there in the middle of the order and, and run with it. It's a, it's a great acquisition on the part of David Stearns. And, yeah, I think I, when I think it will start to creep up is when the numbers start to creep up. You know, when you're talking, uh, you know, into June and July and August, and you're like, oh, wait, he's got – you know, 15, 20, 25, 30 homers, whatever that, you know, when he starts reaching those milestones, I think then maybe he'll get more attention. But it is it is interesting how quietly he's been one of the Brewers' best hitters this year. Now we go to the opposite side. We go to Lorenzo Cain, who continues to struggle. And it's just, it, it's epically bad right now. Sitting at 182, batting average of 463 OPS and just can't find it. Um, your thoughts on what to do with him? And I'd said the other day that at some point, with McCutcheon coming back, maybe you end up getting another bat for the outfield. But with McCutcheon coming back, do you end up playing McCutcheon more because his bat has been better, sitting at 240 with a 641 OPS? And and once he comes back from the COVID, which you expect him to be back tonight, but when he comes back from COVID, I got to think you start playing McCutcheon more, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's sad and it's unfortunate. And if you ask Lorenzo Kane directly, he would tell you the same thing. Is my guess. And it's it's nothing more than. Uh, you know, age catches up, and and Lorenzo Cain was a hard running, hard moving ball player for all those years. I, the first Lorenzo Cain memory that I had, my wife and I had literally just gotten married. We were on our honeymoon, and we were watching Florida State League baseball because we are insane like that. And uh, we, yes, we I know. The, <laughs> yeah, you know, you know how it goes, man. Yeah, we get married. It's like let's go watch a minor league ball game, you know? Right. Uh, so. Lorenzo came steals home the first time we see him. He steals home. And, and I, I turned to my wife and said, who is that? Let's get that name. Let's remember that name. And, and that's the kind of ball player that he was all those years through the minors, through the majors, through Kansas City's run to those you know, couple of World Series that they had. And it, it's, you'd hope that someone like that could last physically maybe into their early 40s. I just don't think it's happening. I think I think this is – the breakdown phase after, you know, a decade and a half of really hard baseball on Lorenzo Cain's part, which means if it's a part-time role, uh, you know, and he's useful for parts of games, he's useful, you know, in little spots or whatever, that's fine. But I, we, we may be reaching a point where that body isn't capable of everyday baseball. Uh, before I let you go, and I do want to talk a little bit more, you mentioned Rowdy Telez, and between him and Keston Hero, if Keston Hero starts to get more at-bats in the bigs, does Rowdy Telez find himself more in the role of DH 
or does Keston hear it? But do you, because uh, I think if you're going to give Keston Hero a legitimate shot, when he goes to the minors, he rakes because he's playing every day. And he finds his swing and he comes back up. He gets a couple of hits and all of a sudden he finds his way back to the bench. He's a platoon guy and he doesn't get the at-bats and he doesn't get the swings. Do you figure, give him as many at-bats as possible, see what he can do, and then make Rowdy Telez your, your DH and or vice versa, but you got to keep, uh, you, you got to keep Keston here in the lineup? I agree with it, and I think that if it means that you uh, change your philosophy of the DH, because I think Craig Council would like, ideally, to use that that DH for different people uh, in different days. You know, it's not. I don't think he normally would have a quote starting DH. He might use it to give Telez a day off in the field, to give McCutcheon a day off in the field, to give Hira a day off in the field. But if it's a matter of this is how you get at bats for Keston Hira and he has to be a DH every day for several weeks to get there. I mean, I think it's worth bending your philosophy and, and seeing if that's how you need to do it. If, you're, if your guys need to be out there uh, every day and that, and that puts Keston here at a DH spot on a daily basis, I'm okay with it. It's a, it, it really has come along at a good time, uh, the, the permanent DH in the National League, because it's giving them a chance, the Brewers that is, uh, to to stack a little bit in the lineup. This is it's prime opportunity for for Keston here to get abs without forcing someone else out of the lineup. And uh, yeah, I, if it if it's me, uh, at least for the weekend, he's my DH for three games, and I want to see if this is you know more than just a very small sample size if that bat is back because that I mean we saw him when Hero was at his best, he was a middle of the order guy for the Brewers a couple of years ago. They could absolutely use that right now. What is his best spot? What what is his best position? Uh, because we saw him play second, and he's he's not a second baseman. I, I you know defensively speaking, I mean he's adequate, but that's about the extent of it. Yeah, and and that was to me that was a, a, a sort of a, a, a couple of years ago. Baseball went through a phase with the shifts where they were starting to de-emphasize the second base position. The Giants played Pablo Sandoval at second base one day. Right? It's like. There was this thought that, like, wait a minute, is the traditional second baseman going away? And the Brewers have, have sort of pivoted philosophy since then. Colton Wong comes in. That's a gold glove kind of guy. You can't unseat it. He's big, big, you know, Colton Wong is your second baseman. Like, that's got to be the case. So, uh, positionally, it's first, and I think that would have been an easy fit until Rowdy Telez, you know, ate that extra couple bites of Wheaties and is destroying baseball. So, that's not a spot for him. I mean, there can be some platoon work where you know Tellez sits against the occasional left-hander and here replace some first to get in the field but those are pretty much his his options at this point I think are you know it's first base or it's DH I don't think you're teaching him much else at this point and I would not put him at second like you said he was uh you know functional there in college but uh the way the Brewers have their defense aligned he's just not a second baseman at all Kevin always good enjoy the baseball weekend and uh, we'll touch base real soon man okay Oh, sounds good. Yeah, we're this is this is it. This is that time. The salad days, man. This is that time of year. We gotta take advantage. <laughs> Be good, buddy. We'll talk to you soon. There you go. That's our buddy Kevin Holden from CBS fifty eight joining us for a couple of minutes on the hotline and uh talking a little baseball. And the weather's not going to feel like baseball this coming weekend, that's for sure. The weather's gonna be kind of crappy. Uh but that's why we have a dome and thank God that we do. 
Good, uh, good stuff. If you're heading down to the ballpark, maybe you want to go out somewhere prior to stop down to our friends at Stenny's, either to catch the game or catch a ride to the game and the shuttles back and forth. Either way, Stenny's second in National Walkers Point, fantastic place. One of uh, Milwaukee's, I think it's Milwaukee's best sports bar myself. But uh, if you're going to come into town, if you're coming in from Eau Claire, if you're coming in from Lacrosse or anywhere else for that matter, Madison, Platteville. Go in and see our friends at Steady's. Go in and get some great wings, some great food. All the screens, TV-wise, you can catch the game on. But if you're going to the game, catch the shuttle over and back. Great Bloody Marys as well. Great, award-winning Bloody Marys. That's our friends at Steady's, second and National Walkers Point. If you have not done it already, we have got a tremendous motorcycle ride coming up. It is our 15th anniversary or 15th annual uh, big Units Poker Run, benefiting Fisher House, Wisconsin. It is Sunday, September 4th. If you have not signed up yet, uh, you if you're following us over on the Bud Light live stream, you can scan the QR code. It'll take you right to registration. Otherwise, you can go to fisherhousewi.org. That is fisherhousewi.org. Click on the events page and you'll find it. Easy to get to. Sign up and you get a little bit of a discount if you sign up and pre-register for it. Plus, you get automatically entered automatically entered into the uh, the drawing for one of the uh, four uh, sports ticket prize packages, whether it's the Bucks and Admirals, Brewers, Badgers, or a racing ticket package for IndyCar and NASCAR, giving those away only to those who pre-registered. And uh, this one is from, uh, well, you know what? I'll do this when we come back because yesterday we had a bunch of people. We had about 12 people register, pre-register yesterday, and I told you you get a $50 gift card, and we'll uh, announce who that winner is coming up here in the next uh, next segment of the program. Stay tuned. we got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up right after this. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Stuff. The Michael Show continues on a Friday. Made it to the end of the week, and uh, by the way, um, good to have Kevin Holden from CBS 58 on. Brewers back at it again tonight and uh, taking on the Washington Nationals this evening over at American Family Field. Like I mentioned, so if you're heading down there, um, you might want to take an, uh, an umbrella with you because I don't know if you're going to do a whole lot of tailgating. Windy, rainy this afternoon and this evening. Seven uh, ten first pitch. Eric Lauer goes to the hill tonight for the crew uh if you are heading down there tonight and you're uh, going to enjoy yourself um by all means do it responsibly but don't forget a lot of great places in the downtown area uh to maybe swing in and one of the other ones is our buddy gino and the gang over at calderon club calderon club before or after the game great italian food great italian food san giorgio pizzeria the Poliatana pizzeria as well stop into either place fantastic you can't go wrong and if you go in and you get the bill michaels they, ter- they pair that pizza up with uh, Cider Boys. Really good stuff. Uh, good cider, good pizza. Get yourself a base. Get over to the ballpark because you're probably not going to do a whole lot of tailgating. So go in and get a good meal. Head downtown. Head down to the uh, the ballpark and you're good to go. That's our friends at San Giorgio and uh, Calderon Club downtown. Uh, 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. Uh, some reaction. We were talking a little earlier about the Wisconsin football program and a survey done in the Athletic uh, about the football program, Paul Christ and such. And for the most part, when you 
Ben, when you go went through this and you go through the numbers, my takeaway is this, and see if it concurs. My takeaway is people are happy with Paul Chris. I think people think he's doing a pretty good job. I think there is some areas, much into the recruiting area and the play calling area, that people have some questions with when you look at both the offense and the defense and and uh, the survey itself. Also, people are I don't I'm not going to say content, but people don't expect a championship. What they expect is win the Big Ten. That's about it. Um, which on one hand is okay. Uh, if you don't set the bar so high, you can't be disappointed. But on the other hand, uh, at some point, you got to say, we got to strive for more in some way, shape, or form. But there's also, you feel like he's doing a good job, but you also feel like you might be at your ceiling. You know, like the majority of people kind of feel like this is what it is. I'm not saying they're content. But I'm just saying that I think people kind of look at it as, yeah, he's doing a pretty good job, you know. Yeah, things are good. Yeah, things are okay. We, you know, but but people are kind of content. Do you get that sense? Kind of. I definitely. My first takeaway was people are less content than they were two years ago. Because two years ago, when this was last done, it was done in the middle of COVID, but it was after right. the 2019 team when there was a lot of success stacked on top of of each other. And before these two years of struggling. So that was my first Mm -hmm. takeaway in terms of the title. I I think people are realistic. I don't think it's being content. I just think people understand the landscape of college football. First of all, there are only 15, 10 programs that can win the title every year. And the NIL and all this stuff, the portal, it's only making the rich richer. So there's nothing there that will tell you that the gap will soon be closed. And it's also not a sport where you see these crazy Cinderella's go win titles. The teams that win titles are also the ones that have the best coaches, also the ones that recruit the best. It's all correlated. I, um, I would agree with that. I don't think – I don't want people to be content. I want people to be – I want them to enjoy the program, enjoy football. I, I, I want that. But I don't want people to be content. I want them to say, "This is what we want. We want to be. We, we want to be able to compete with the big boys. How do we go about doing it? That that's what you want." Now, the NIL has certainly thrown a monkey wrench into that, because on one hand, you get the 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 one group of people that say, "If you're buying players, it's not worth it. That's not what college athletic is all about." And okay, you can stand on that moral high ground. That's not going to get you anywhere. Because eventually you're going to watch everybody else pass you by and you're going to stand there with your arms folded going, no, we're not going to do it. But ultimately you're going to want to see winners. And if there's not going to be winners, you know, I go back years and years and years ago when I was covering University of Cincinnati basketball and I had a really very frank discussion. I sat down with Bob Huggins in his office and we were talking. I said, so what 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 do you what are your expectations? What do you want and he looked right at me. He used to call me Billy. Billy. Uh, he, he said, Billy, I get paid to win games. That's it. If I lose basketball games, I'm out. They don't give a damn about my credit rating when it comes to graduating kids, keeping kids in classes. All that. That's not my responsibility. My responsibility is to make sure that the student people, that the student advisors underneath me get these guys everything they need so they can be eligible to play basketball because that's where I get paid. And he's right. Let's just say Wisconsin has a 100% graduation rate, a 100% attendance rate, but the football program is 2 in 10. 
Paul Christ is gone. He's gone. They'll fire him. So, in essence, at some point, you don't hold your arms up and go, no, I'm not going to dive into that pool because you have to. Now, are they going to be as blatant as other programs? Probably not. Probably not. But I guarantee you, I guarantee you on the recruiting trail, when the NIL stuff comes up, if a kid is eligible and worthy of it, I'm sure they're going to say, we don't necessarily promote it, but wink, we have avenues. We have people interested in supporting our Wisconsin Badger players. I, but I don't think they're openly saying, okay, you sign here and we're going to get you this deal with, say, Bergstrom, or we're going to get you this deal with, say, Mueller Sports, or we're going to get you this deal with, say, Iron Jock. We're, we, they don't do that. But what they say is we, we can compete. The state of Wisconsin can compete. Our alumni base is deep. I guarantee you they say that. Don't you think so? I'm sure that's what they already say because they have a good thing in place where once the kid is in the program and once he starts playing, there is a lot of money that has been made by those people, and they have a great Mm -hmm. way to to connect them with things. But uh, it's about when you go to the table, are you bringing something with you, if you will? Like you you go down south in Alabama, they probably give a car, they get the parents a job in Tuscaloosa, Mm -hmm. it's that kind of deal. And that's not what they're going to do. You mentioned being content. I mean, I honestly, as a fan of college football, I, I am content with knowing Wisconsin will probably never win a national title. Um, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. Um, Mike says, uh, my confidence in Wisconsin football is a three. No high expectations, no low expectations. My confidence in the football program is a three. Kimberly says, uh, my uh, confidence in Paul Christ is a four. He just needs a couple more pieces around him to help elevate the program. Appreciate it. Um, Badger Superfan says, I'm sitting at a three. Uh, Aaron says, uh, a two. I expect better out of a Big Ten program, especially a program that, program that has dominated the West. The West, which uh, is probably not going to exist in two years, for the record. Uh, then Lanny says, uh, my confidence is a one. Paul Chris is never going to beat Ohio State. Kind of goes on from there. A lot of naysayers and Twitter muscles, too, don't forget. But uh, but it, it's just, I'm, I'm kind of just kind of polling the masses, if you will. What is your lo- confidence level? I Again, I think the program's in a really good place. I think that recruiting is changing. The landscape is changing, if it hasn't already. It is changing, and it's changing rapidly. And I think Wisconsin has the ability to compete in all of that. I mean, when you start looking at it, think about it this way, though. Who who would probably, out of all of these programs, the top three programs in the Big Ten with money, who would they be? Top three programs. Ohio State, Michigan, Ohio Penn State. See, I'll tell you this. Ohio State, I'd say yes, because Ohio State's the largest camp. I believe they're the largest campus in, in, in Acumen when it comes to college students in the world. I think it's it's like crazy numbers. It's over 100,000. Um, if I had to say money, now think about that for a minute. Access to money. Would you not say Northwestern? 
I think access to money is different than how much money is poured into the departments. True. But the richest, if I had to say the richest bases, I might even go Northwestern. But Northwestern's not going to jump into that pool. We know that. Michigan, yes, I would agree with that. Penn State, you bet, no doubt. So if I had to go with the top three money makers, those three programs probably. I'd, I'd have to say, though, I'd probably say Wisconsin's got to be right in there. I think Wisconsin has to, what, what are they, fourth maybe? In that ability to generate revenue? and that ability to generate the money needed for the NIL? I do have an article on which programs spend the most in recruiting. Where Let's do that. Let's do this when we get back because I want to get into this. It's a good point. I want to get into this. Stay tuned. Let's, uh, let's, we'll take a look at it when we come back. A whole lot more of the Bill Michael Show. This portion of the program, by the way, brought to you by our buddy uh, Dwayne at Skipper. Or Dwayne at Skipper Buds. Dwayne at Dwayne's Cover It All. Uh, my buddy up there, Dwayne, is uh, uh, Wisconsin's best by far, the, the best canvas upholstery boat cover provider that's out there. You can follow him on Facebook, all the work that he does, whether, whether it's boats, whether it's furniture, uh, gym stuff, office furniture, you name it. He just does a, a myriad of things and does it extremely well. Cannot cannot recommend him anymore if I had to. Put a gun to my head and I wouldn't do it because it's just already out there. The, the work is so quality. 715 715- 870-2119. If you're a business owner, if you're a boat owner, if you need a, I don't know, he did the uh, the recovering of uh, Kristen's motorcycle seat, for God's sakes. I mean, all of that stuff. Can do it all. It's fantastic. Again, 715-870-2119. 715-870-2119. Go to Dwayne'sCoverItAll.com. That's Dwayne'sCoverItAll.com. And if you do have a boat or you're looking for a boat or you want to trade a boat in, Get a hold of our friends at Skipper Buds, 262-544-1200. That's 262-544-1200. And ask for the general manager, Todd. He can help you out. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show. It's all coming up next. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Michael show continues on. There's an announcement coming out of Milwaukee. Uh, minority owner of the Milwaukee Bucks, Jim Kazmarek, who owns Capco, um, longtime company in uh, the Grafton Cedarburg area, uh, Grafton area. Um, he is investing in a venue, a sports venue, and a music venue. In downtown Milwaukee, and uh, this is all, all is just kind of coming out now. I kind of, I got wind of this. Um, I don't know, a couple of weeks, about three, four weeks ago, and today is the day they're making the announcement. I, I want to get Jim on because there's, I think, I want to find out if I'm not mistaken. There might be a professional soccer team that could then be coming to Wisconsin in regards to this as well. I, I got I to gotta read more about this, but uh, we're going to see if we can't get him on coming up here about 20 minutes uh, after the top of the hour to see what, what they're planning on building in the state of Wisconsin. But um, really interesting stuff. So we'll that's coming out as we speak. Um, 
Welcome back to the program. We're sitting here talking about uh, recruiting, college recruiting and, and such. Um, and I want to talk a little bit more about not only that, that, but then the Badgers place in it. It's a little bit different now that the NIL is uh, all mixed up in all of this as well. And, uh, and we'll get a little deeper into this here in just a second. I want to remind you, though, uh, hey, if you're going to be Wisconsinites, when we talk about recruiting and such, and you bring somebody into the state of Wisconsin, we're not snobby, we're not pretentious. Uh, Midwestern charm, values, all at its finest, and that's exactly what our friends over there at Forgotten Fire Winery are all about. Uh, they've been doing it for a while now, and they've got a wine and a cider lineup. You can get it all in their tasting room. They've got a great place to go up there in Peshtigo, Wisconsin, and go through the tasting. Otherwise, you can pick it up at any liquor, grocery store, wine store, all throughout the state of Wisconsin as well. If they don't have it, ask for it, but go into any of them. ForgottenFireWinery.com. For all that they have to offer, ForgottenFireWinery.com. The winery, by the way, great place. Great place to get away for wines and tastings, live music, uh, events. As a matter of fact, uh, next weekend we're going to be up there. Next Saturday we're going to be up there hanging out for the weekend and just going up and going through a tasting, some of the music and such. So coming up to Peshtigo next weekend. But anytime's a great time for Forgotten Fire Wine Ciders. Uh, and don't forget, it's Wisconsin wine made from Wisconsin people. And uh, you you got to support the hometown team, right? Got to do that. That's our friends at Forgotten Fire Winery. That's ForgottenFireWinery.com. ForgottenFireWinery.com. So uh, sitting here looking at this now, the top schools when it comes to recruiting, the top schools when it comes to recruiting. Now, Ben, this is from 2020, right? Correct. I was kind of surprised. Were you surprised by reading it? Now, we kind of figured the SEC schools, we knew they were big into recruiting, and we knew and know what football means to them. Okay, so when you start to look, you, number one uh, was Georgia. Georgia, obviously, um, you know, big time, along with Alabama. Uh, te- uh, University of Texas, tons of money in Texas. Uh, Clemson University out of the ACC. Then back to Texas A&M, SEC. Florida State, ACC. Okay, you don't even get to the Big Ten until number seven overall. And it's not Ohio State. It's Michigan. One point three nine million dollars they spent on football recruiting expenses. Football recruiting expenses. Uh, Meanwhile, Penn State, one point three six million comes in at number eight. LSU at number nine, back to the SEC. Oklahoma, the Big 12, about to be the SEC at number 10. Then it goes down to Nebraska. How do you feel on your return on investment if you're a Nebraska Cornhusker, Ben? Well, less than ideal, but you also know that the stadium will fill up even if you win three games a year, so at least there's some security in that. Uh, You're back to Florida out of the SEC. Kansas at 13. Auburn. SEC at 14, Minnesota at 15. That blew me away. Then Iowa State, Utah, Oregon, North Carolina, which that's a lot of basketball expense right there, a lot of basketball expense, and then Ohio State. And then Ohio State. I wonder, now, 
you see the top schools out of the SEC in Alabama and Georgia and LSU, and they're all up there, you know, and Auburn. I wonder if, now correct me if I'm wrong, Ohio State is ranked 20th, and they spend less than a million dollars a year on recruiting. I wonder if, and this is just me thinking out loud, why do you think they don't need to spend so much on on recruiting? My guess is because they can do it with a letter. They don't go out and and spend a ton of money flying all over the place and flying guys in. and fly. My guess is they do it with a letter. Now, Alabama can probably do the same thing with Nick Saban or Georgia or what have you, but they're so competitive in the SEC, they have to outspend each other. Whereas Ohio State's kind of reign supreme, they don't have to in the Big Ten. And Michigan's trying to overtake Ohio State, so therefore they're trying to outspend them to do more and more for recruiting. Does that make sense? Yeah, I see where you're coming from. I wouldn't even say in terms of the conference, like Bama and the SEC and Ohio State and the Big Ten, I would say regionally. Because if you go down south, there is a crazy recruiting battle with all the Florida schools, the Alabama schools, Georgia, LSU. You go up north, and really, Notre Dame and Ohio State are the big recruiting powers. I'd probably throw Michigan and Penn State in there, but Notre Dame and Ohio State are, are the names when you go to the Midwest. Yeah, I. Uh, and again, we're not even to Notre Dame yet. Not even to Notre Dame yet. Michigan State comes in at 24. UCLA at 25. Um, Illinois is at 26, believe it or not. You keep going, you keep going, you keep going. Um, It's going to take you a while to find Wisconsin, FYI. Right. Indiana is at 32, which I find interesting. Uh, And I get it, again. Uh, But you keep going. Virginia Polytech Institute. And State University, basically Virginia Tech, at 40, Purdue at 41, NC State, 42, Arizona, 43, Maryland at 44. You keep going, you keep going, you keep going, you keep going. And you get down 52nd in the country is University of Cincinnati, East Carolina at 53. You get to 54, there's Wisconsin. They spend $350,000 on recruiting for football at 54. $354,000. And then you look at the number one team in the country as recruiting goes. University of Georgia, their recruiting expenses, $2.62 million. I will say, since this article came out, Wisconsin has poured more into their recruiting department. Right. But still. Yeah. That's, just, that's wow. That's an amazing amount of money. And disparity in money that they have, that they have poured into that. That's unfathomable. Let's do this. We're going to step away, take a quick break. More of the Bill Michael Show next. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
We've got a motorcycle ride coming up. It is Sunday, September 4th. We hope you can be a part of it. It is uh, the Poker Run. It's our 15th annual. It's our biggest and best, and uh, the details are on the Facebook fan page. Uh, just follow it at facebook.com slash run. But uh, we got to say thanks to a lot of our sponsors uh, that are, you know, helping us with this and helping us be a part of it. And that's our friends at Growth Law Firm, one of the best, uh, you know, biker lawyers in the country. Uh, is rated by Biker Justice Magazine, uh, so they can and they're writers too. That's the best part about it. Stick with somebody who's a writer. Uh, also, our friends at Great Lakes Dragaway, uh, which they're up and running now when it comes to uh, the speed strip and uh, the quarter mile and half mile and such. Also, uh, the Rock Complex, Alpine Valley, uh, Knucklehead on Palmyra, and our friends certainly at Potawatomi Bingo Casino, Potawatomi Hotel Casino. Long time to get away from the. Uh, the terminology bingo casino because there's so much more and they've got that big giant beautiful hotel complex they're getting ready for a big uh renovation down at Potawatomi as well and that's another great venue look if you're going to go to a brewer's game it's right down the streets right down canal street uh before or after stop into Potawatomi uh hotel casino and uh and not you know not to say you're going to drop your money but go in and just enjoy your evening great place to go who knows maybe win some money win some big time money over there for sure. Uh, and also our friends at MKE Brewing, Bud Light, and Wisconsin Harley-Davidson. Go to WISHD.com. Uh, we are going to talk with uh, our, our my buddy uh, Jim Kaczmarek um, from Capco and so many other uh, ventures. But uh, they have a new facility that is going to be built, just announced, in Milwaukee. And uh, interesting because it is going to be right smack dab downtown. I mean, right downtown. And uh, it is going to be a soccer venue and music venue. A soccer and music venue. I don't know how many it's going to hold, uh, but we're going to get the details on this coming up just after the top of the hour because this is just kind of coming out. I had heard that uh, there was some ground that was being purchased and uh, got a little bit of a wind of this, and but now it's all come to fruition. So... Uh, we're going to talk with Jim coming up here in a little bit about uh, a new stadium that is going to be built or a venue that's going to be built downtown. So I, I'm I'm looking forward to this uh, to find out a little bit more about it. I uh, don't know what soccer league is coming. I don't know if it's MISL or if it's something else, but um, but maybe we can we can find out. I don't know if he can actually say which soccer league is coming yet. Um, but again, I'm just kind of going back and forth. But we're going to talk to him coming up after the uh, top of the hour. Um, Getting back to uh, the PGA Championship real quick uh, and the uh, leaderboard, uh, you've got uh, Justin Thomas right now two under for the day through 14. He is tied with Rory McIlroy, who is yet to go off today. Rory sitting at five under as well. Uh, Yoquan Neiman. Yoquan Neiman has come up the leaderboard two under for the day as well after 10. He's only one shot off the pace at this point. Uh, you got Matt Fitzpatrick at three under. He's a, he's a one under for the day after 11. Uh, and then you got a whole bunch of uh, the leaderboard members that have yet to really go off yet today. Tiger Woods has not gone off today. Jordan Spieth has not gone, gone off yet today. They're a little bit later on, but uh, that is the way things are shaking out Southern Hills right now. Uh, you still have Rory McIlroy on top, but making a charge today at two under par right now, Justin Thomas is now moved up uh, the leaderboard to take a co-lead with uh, Rory McIlroy, and that is through 14 holes so far today. There you go. Um, let's do this. We're going to step away and take a quick break. When we come back, 
We're going to find out about a new venue that's going to be built and find out when the ground is going to be broken in downtown Milwaukee, privately paid for, by the way, privately paid for, by the way. So we'll find out more about that coming up. Also, talk a little bit more about uh, Badger football and such. Also, uh, I got into the question early on today and watching Tiger Woods yesterday, and I'm not saying anything derogatory about Tiger, but my question is this. Should Tiger Woods be playing? And we'll talk about that coming up. Talk about that in just a little bit coming up. Stay tuned. A lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up right after this. The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.